What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to the WWE Survivor Series War Games 2023 pay-per-view point post-show recap and review. We're going to break down what just happened, lots of important things on this pay-per-view, and of course, what we thought about it and so on and so forth. It's what we're here for. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango. Fine solo, I think, for this edition. Rob and Callum haven't gotten back to me yet, but I figured I'd get this started as soon as possible. If they're able to join me in, I'll bring them into the mix, but at least I do say we got some people in the live chat. So, of course, chat it all up while you're there. I see Peter's here. I see Marco's here. I see Daniel's here. What's going on, everybody? As I always do here, I want to know what you have to say. So whether you're listening to this live and you are in the live chat, take advantage of the super chats. Christopher Marin's in the chat, too, as well. Uh, if you are listening after the fact, then leave your thoughts in the comments section below on YouTube. And if you are, of course, on YouTube, then make sure you are also hitting that like button, ringing that little notification bell to let me know. Uh, that way we can know we can let you know, I should say, when we go live for things like this in the future and any other kind of notifications that pop up like that. Also, hit the little thanks button. Super chats are out there. Brandon's in the chat, too. And, you know, keep in mind about the not only the super chat stuff, but also there's merchandise on Tee Public and Redbubble. Pick up the, anything you're interested in that. It's all currently, I'm pretty sure, still on sale. Patreon.com slash moment is where we have the access to the Darkcast and the Pick Poison tier and stuff. There's also the Join Membership little button there. It's right next to Subscribe over there on YouTube. Same exact stuff. Darkcast is already recorded for it'll be publishing on the first of the next month of December. And when we get into our DC versus Marvel stuff, the DC versus Marvel stuff is all recorded in advance. But the War Games side of it is only going to be on the Patreon and the YouTube channel membership. So keep that in mind. It's going to be one of those Darkcast episodes. But today and right now, we're not doing that. We are doing the uh, Survivor Series pay-per-view point post show. Marquise having a super chat here. Thank you for the five bucks for that, Marquise. I'm marking out wrestling is back in my life. So uh, what else are other people saying here? Peter saying, hi, I got punked. <laughs> uh, yeah, why did they have to cut the feed? LMAO, I am so happy. I had to make a smile on my face when Punk came out. Was not expecting him to actually show up. Oh, my God. After nine years, I just never expected him to see in WWE again. I love that Punk came out in the plainest clothes possible. Uh, Carrie in the chat saying, I might actually watch the presser with that ending. I'm going to be curious to see what happens with the press release stuff. If uh, I'm going to actually, let me just shoot a message to Rob while I'm here. If you hear of anything cool or interesting on the press conference, let me know. Can't listen while doing the show. <laughs> uh see if rob has anything to chime in about that and uh if you guys catch anything like that drop it in the live chat too i'm not going to be able to listen to it while i'm doing this so if he breaks out muffins i swear i'm gonna listen <laughs> if it's uh what was the name of the uh mindy's bakery i think is what it was and now i'm getting a message from another friend of mine uh had uh the cm punk shirt under my hoodie <laughs> that's uh Everybody interested in that. I will say, yeah, that is the biggest news that is going to be coming out of this. And before we get into any of the other BS that comes along with this, I'm going to say something that very few people are going to be willing to admit. Unless you're the type of person who is able to call themselves out on stuff and their own hypocrisies. And I am certainly one of these types of people. 
Remember I said before that when Punk originally left WWE, I was like, ah, oh, it seems like he's kind of being a diva about things. And if you go back in years, that's what I used to say in the past. When he popped back up in AEW, I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty interesting. And then very quickly, I was just like, you know, I'm not thinking he's living up to the hype. Just because he's in WWE does not mean I'm going to change my tune about that. And there are going to be certain people that are definitely just going to be like, all's right in the world again. I still want CM Punk to prove himself. But I will admit as well, I am more excited for CM Punk being back in WWE right now than I was necessarily to see him back when he returned to AEW. There's something about this that feels a little better to me. I don't know why, but we're going to see how that plays out. And of course, we will talk some more about this when we get to later on in the card. But uh, Daniel here saying, I'm curious what Triple H will say about how they kept this a secret or how that they how they didn't keep it a secret. <laughs> you know, it's uh, something that everybody's been speculating about for a long time. Uh, yeah, apparently lots of my friends are all fired up about this. Uh, never say never in the World Wrestling Federation and all. Uh, this is definitely a big and important thing because it already means that I think that one of the things matches uh, for WrestleMania is a lock at this point. Um, I think Punk is going to not only just jump straight to the top of the list of Royal Rumble winners, but I also think that he is going to not only win that match, but he is going to challenge Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship and be the main event of night one. I think he's winning it. And I think that that's their, one of their concessions for bringing CM Punk back. He's always said one of the reasons that, you know, things got under his skin was not main eventing WrestleMania. Technically speaking, it's not the main event main event as far as the two nights, but it is one of the two main events. You technically say you can check off. You were in the main event of WrestleMania. So we're going to have plenty to talk about when it comes to that. Now that we know that it is official that he is back and it's not just a speculation thing. Robin Callum and I are not set to record something on our own, uh, all three of us, for this next week or so, but we'll come back around to this at some point. Don't worry. We're not going to just like not address this together, the three of us, and uh, you know, breeze on for the whole rest of the year until we get to the end of the year awards. But big things going on there. Some other matches that had some interesting things, some of them that didn't necessarily have the, you know, the most wild thing that was happening, but... I'm sure that most people are going to want to do that. That's why I changed the name of this to CM Punk Returns at WWE. Uh, it's our series war games and all. Uh, Punk or Rock versus Roman at Mania. I, I mean, I'm hoping it's not Punk versus Roman and that that's not their goal because I don't want Punk versus Roman and then Cody to just kind of sit things out. I want Cody to beat Roman, but maybe that is their game plan. Maybe they are hoping that Roman retains even longer and then they just do the Punk match and... We kind of wait for WrestleMania 41 or something for Cody. I don't know. Um, let's backtrack, though. Beginning of the night, there was the kickoff, which was basically everybody running down the card and freezing their asses off out in public. I don't know why they were outside the arena in the cold to be able to do this, but nevertheless, they were. Uh, Booker was getting some ruffles. Uh, really kind of marking out over those ruffles there and they didn't really do or say anything that was interesting so there's nothing really to talk about there but the first match of the night was the women's war games match 
Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, and Shotzi Blackheart against Team Damage Control of Asuka, Bailey, Io Sky, and Kyrie Sane. Dakota Kai is sitting on the sidelines there. Solid match. Not a whole lot to talk about. Had uh, plenty of kind of sick stuff and, you know, chair shots to the back and so on. I don't know exactly why one thing happened here where EO had hooked a trash can to, or Dakota had hooked a trash can to uh, this chain that EO had dropped down in order to pull it up so that EO could put herself inside the trash can and then jump out. I don't know what that was all about. I don't know why she didn't just throw the trash can up in the air and EO could have caught it, but whatever maybe they did that for a reason maybe they didn't want it to like bounce around or something not as entertaining as the moonsault that eo's done from there but charlotte did the moonsault a little bit later it seems like she might have kicked you in the head too i don't know if that's got any kind of reports going on about that or not but she at least nailed her somewhere in the head and the back and forth of this match was good it's not something that if you missed it i think that you need to see that as like you know you can't be a good wrestling fan without watching this match or anything it just was a solid enough match i like the quadruple drop kick spot i like the mist stuff and the fire extinguisher stuff and um becky and charlotte just getting back together on page having a hug doing the whole thing so they told a good enough story when it came to that i'm curious why the the Trash can lid was so huge for Kyrie Sane. That felt like that was oversized, but they do a series of finishers and eventually end this with a manhandle slam from Becky slamming Bailey off the ropes through a table and team Bel Air gets the win. And that's just it. Like there's the, you know, we talked about some different scenarios. One of the ones that I brought up that I thought was the most believable was that Bailey would just eat the pinfall and then that was it. And she's going to get excommunicated from this group. I think that that is near on the horizon. It might not be this week on SmackDown, but I do think that it's coming relatively soon. We're not going to end 2023, I think, with Bailey still being in this group. I'll put it that way. We catch up on the chat, actually, while it's going on here. I'm curious. I, don't know, I already read that one. Uh, watching his entrance back, he just looks like he did when he was on the top in WWE the first time, minus the lip ring. He actually looks happy. Frankie says he's back. Let's go. They wanted me to buy ruffles so damn. <laughs> Which of the ruffles was the most uh, interesting looking to you? I'm very pro plain ruffles. My wife says uh, the cheddar and sour cream one was the better looking one. Um, what do you think, Brandon? Was uh, one of the ruffles sticking out to you? <laughs> Uh, X and Y is saying fairly. If CM Punk didn't come back, it would be a bad look. Triple H coming out first at the press conference. Uh, Christopher Samarin says, I was hoping for heels to win. I just love Kyrie so much. Apologies for the uh, ambulance in the background, everybody. I can't mute them. I wish I could. Peter says, well, what the fuck was the finish? Bailey pushed Kyrie out. Then Kyrie was taken out. Yeah, they did this whole thing with her taking the spear on behalf of Ky- uh, Kyrie, but... I don't know if that's going to be just a means for them to delay booting her out for Bailey to be like, well, you know, I took this pin for you and all that, or if they're going to go straight to it. But they did that at least in part because Bailey needs to look a little weak. <laughs> Guess five just says, oh God, no. What's the oh God, no in reference to? Definitely have to uh, clarify that. Uh, I don't know if it's just punk or what. Um, but yeah, team baby faces win. And 
pretty straightforward. Bailey takes the pin and everybody's happy and that's it. Now, it's not the end of damage control. It doesn't mean anything. There's no titles on the line, but Becky getting a win here offsets losing the NXT Women's Championship recently. And anybody could be the number one contender going forward. Could be Belair again, or maybe they're going to do something else. I don't know. Backstage after this, we had Alpha Academy, Chelsea Green, Piper Niven, and uh, Pretty Deadly talking about the chips and debating, are they chips? Are they crisps? But our truth comes back and he says uh, they're not either of them. They're ruffles. And <laughs> it's good to see him back. Kiritazawa does the ruffle shuffle, as they call it. And also backstage, Sami Zayn, Jey Uso are pacing around because Randy Orton still hasn't arrived yet. And that's a big story throughout the whole thing. But um, biggest return of the night, our truth. In some ways, it's a, I wouldn't say that it's um, two our truths and a lie, at least. The Intercontinental Championship match was next after this. Gunther retained over The Miz in a match that was rock solid. They did a good job with The Miz taking the fight to Gunther, working on his legs, doing that figure four on the ring post that Bret Hart used to do. I always liked that spot quite a bit. And then they did a segment here where the turnbuckle pad was taken off and the referee was distracted, which gave The Miz a chance to kick him with a low blow, him being Gunther, hit a skull-crushing finale, and the fans were definitely buying that this was going to be the end of the match. But it wasn't. Even though the Miz kicks out of a power bomb, he eventually taps out to a Boston Crab, and Gunther retains for. You got to assume he's probably at this point going into WrestleMania as the Intercontinental Champion, especially now that CM Punk's back. So this was not the type of match that, you know, I'm sure like Callum's going to retain his opinion that he doesn't really love the Miz, uh, Miz's matches and all. But I do think that even Miz detractors would admit that this was a good enough match. So I like the Miz. I always like the Miz. I love uh, Gunther as well. I think they did a good job. I liked it. Uh, Marco says with the amount of theses they did, I'd be shocked if he didn't return. Our truth was awesome. Good to see him again. I felt Callum cringing across the globe. Anytime Miz had offense, good match. Yes, yeah, it's just a you know solid enough match. Nothing really too much going on here. It was a foregone conclusion that Gunther would retain. So it's not shocking either way. Judgment Day had a little bit of issues, some backstage, not too much. Um, just they're hyping each other up. They're talking about the idea of Zorton going to return or is he not going to show up? And Priest says he's going to go talk to McIntyre about that one thing. It was like, ooh, what's that going to be? You know, further building up hype for the main event. And the next match was Dragon League against Santos Escobar. If you didn't watch SmackDown, then you see that there was an angle where Carlito was taken out. Santos Escobar was going to go up against Carlito. Dragon Lee fills in for him. They have a solid back and forth match, and there's nothing really for me to talk about here. It's just a solid match. Dragon Lee comes up short, but it's not something that's like, yeah, it's the end of the world for him. Escobar winning makes perfect sense. He is the heel that needs to be built up a little bit for a match against Rey Mysterio. But Dragon Lee got some good offense in, and it is what it is. There's nothing really more to break down here, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Peter saying worst match of the night was Lee versus Santos. I don't 100% necessarily agree, but it was in that range of just sort of, it was what it was. And if you missed it, you didn't miss anything. I think the same thing is the case for the Women's World Championship match, Ray Ripley against Zoe Stark. Crowd was kind of dead, but that's because the match didn't really matter. We all knew Ray Ripley was going to retain, and she did. 
honestly, I don't know what else to say about that one either. They did one move in here. That I don't even know what they were trying to do. They jumped off the ropes, then they both just sort of landed as if they were not sure which move either of them was going to do. And they tried to cover it up a little bit in the commentary by saying like, well, you know, they, there was a reversal or something, but you know that something just didn't work right. Slim Jim paid quite a bit for the uh, promotional spot for this match. They had a little thing right beforehand with LA Knight and the New Day driving a Slim Jim car. If they got what they wanted out of it, then that's good. Zoe Stark had a good enough showing. Rhea Ripley retains. It's not something that's like making any kind of real movement on the roster. Nothing changes. No title change. No like. And then now that they've established a new finisher or something. It was just a match for Real Ripley to have and retain. It did feel weird not having Ellie Knight on this card. I agree, Daniel. I think that it's a shame that they couldn't figure out something else for him. And I'm curious now about those reports about Gallus and AOP. I don't know what that was all about, but obviously nothing happened with that or else. I mean, I, I didn't miss anything, I don't think, right? It wasn't anything like a, a backstage thing where they were behind them or something. I, I don't think I saw any of that. So, Yeah. <laughs> um I feel like we're like speeding along here, but then again, this was just one of those uh, five match cards. So when three of the matches are straightforward and the first match is done pretty quickly, we're like 17 minutes into this podcast. And we're already on the main event. <laughs> There's not too many specifics to talk about when it these matches too. Like I can't get into, you know, oh, this person got eliminated in the Royal Rumble and that's a whole big thing and, and all that. Gallus and AOP to throw off for Punk? Yeah, they could have just brought them in to get people to be paying attention to another thing. Maybe that was just like a red herring. That makes sense. Good job, Peter. Um, Judgment Day against the uh, team of Cody Rhodes, uh, Jey Uso, Randy Orton, Sami Zayn, and Seth Rollins. Men's War Games match was next. Balor and Seth started it off. Randy Orton's still not out for the babyface team. They go back and forth. Immediately, CM Punk fans start chanting for him. And I'm thinking this is going to be obnoxious throughout this whole thing. But they started to chant for other things. Jey Uso came out. Every punch that he did, he got a yeet chant. There was the uh, J.D. McDonough came out before him. Then Jey Uso, Priest McIntyre had a little squabble. Priest comes out. He's using a baton, like a, a police riot staff kind of thing. Sami Zayn gets a steel pipe off the cage. He uses that. McIntyre starts dominating people. Uh, Jay and Sammy do a 1D. Cody comes out, beats a bunch of people up, whatever. Big pop for him. He brings out a bull rope. He has a little bit of a squabble with Seth Rollins, but they work it all out. There was a Dom, you suck chant that I, it took me a second to really realize what they were saying, but that's because Dominic was the last person on the Judgment Day to come out. And then they did something that I was not expecting. They had Rhea Ripley run out with uh, Damian Priest's Money in the Bank briefcase, and they were teasing that he was going to cash in but then that's when Randy Orton comes out, spoils her plans. He looks totally jacked. He looks like he's healthy. Seems like he is bigger than he's probably ever been. And he doesn't do too much, but he does enough that proves that he can still do most of what he's doing before. So that's a really, really good sign. JD McDonough gets the spot of the night. He gets thrown from the top of the cage into an RKO. Uh, Orton tells Cody to do the crossroads on Priest, and Cody gets the win by pinning Priest, as opposed to what I thought would have been the logical thing, which is RKO into the pin, Randy Orton wins for his team. 
then I'm thinking, all right, is he going to turn heel? Is he going to turn heel? What's going to happen? They haven't turned on the graphic yet, but he doesn't turn heel. And instead, I'm getting ready to type out, oh, that's that's interesting. I guess we whatever. And then Cold of Personality hits and CM Punk comes out just for the sake of saying, hey, look, Punk is here. So no match, no Shinsuke Nakamura confrontation thing. No, he's the guy that fills in instead of Randy Orton. Nothing like that. It's just he comes back and. I guess this means that Ryback has to retire. As he was saying before, if he comes back, I'm going to retire. Then again, he never really chose the option of retiring when people come voting for him anyway. So Punk being here definitely changes a lot of things around. Not only does it change the backstage atmosphere, and you got to assume that some people are not happy about this. And, you know, the last time we had heard anybody directly mention anything about CM Punk from the main roster was probably the Seth Rollins thing where he was like, stay away from me, you cancer. And I don't know, is Rollins going to be in a position where two years ago at WrestleMania, he was going up against Cody, who he doesn't have the best relationship with. And then he was going up against Logan Paul this past year. And that guy's got lots of uh, heat with lots of people and all. And then maybe he's going to wrestle a match against CM Punk. I, I don't know. Maybe Rollins is in that position again. Maybe they squashed it all. Maybe they didn't. Maybe WWE is just looking at this as like, well, let's take advantage of this while we can and kind of milk whatever money we can get out of them. I do think at this point it's Rollins versus Royal Rumble winner CM Punk. Punk wins the World Heavyweight Championship. Cody either wins the Elimination Chamber to get a match with Roman Reigns on night two hopefully wins or the plan is for the rock to go up against Roman Reigns. And they're just like waiting to pull the trigger on that. And then if that's the case, I think that the Randy Orton Cody Rhodes match could still be a thing. Of course, other people, maybe there are plans for some other people like, you know, Logan Paul thing and all, but he will more than likely defend the United States championship. And maybe he's going to go up against LA Knight. I don't know. Maybe that's their good, like spot for that. We didn't get us uh, the raw and SmackDown tag titles change hands. I thought that that was a possibility. So maybe that's not going to be the case. Maybe we get a multi-team thing for that intercontinental title. I'm still thinking that it's going to be Gunther against Brock Lesnar, but we're going to have to wait and see for that too. Punk going to raw, I think is more than likely going to be the case rather than SmackDown. It all sort of depends though. It really depends if they want Roman to keep his belt longer then Roman versus Punk is kind of the match that you should do. But then if it's just like, okay, we're, we're going to go with the Cody thing. You got to do something else with Punk. And Rollins is the only one that makes any sense. Maybe that's when Priest cashes in or something. Or maybe if it ends up being the case where Rollins doesn't want to work with Punk, maybe the Priest cash in is CM Punk versus Damian Priest or something. This is going to be interesting. Daniel in the chat saying Triple H is super nervous answering questions about Punk. His face is beat red. I might have to go back and check this out after all things are said and done. It sounds like an interesting enough press conference, so I'm kind of curious what's going on there. But what do you guys think is going to end up happening with this whole CM Punk thing? Is it going to be Punk and Rollins? Do you think it's going to be Punk and 
maybe Roman, or is it going to be Punk and Cody, maybe even? They could do that story. You know, Cody comes into AEW, he does that whole thing. Punk comes into AEW, kind of screws it all up. Maybe that's the reason why, I don't know. Punk wins the world title, and then Priest cashes in. That could happen. That could be a way to put heat on Priest and to not have Punk have to have like an actual title reign, especially if he celebrates and he breaks his ankle or something. Interesting, interesting scenarios, though. Punk is back in WWE after the lawsuit stuff and after hating on everybody and all. Whether you believed it was going to happen or not, it's happening. He is there. Punk would not be on a WWE TV show without having some sort of a deal. And they settled on something. He might not have enough people that are like on his side. They might have to like work to mend some fences and all. But if he was talking to The Miz when he was here a few months ago and maybe they hashed out some stuff, maybe the Rollins thing got hashed out, maybe all of his detractors are kind of at least in the, like, let's give this a chance kind of range. I want to know more about the backstage stuff that happens here. We don't get as much of that anymore. I'm disappointed. So I want to hear, like, a Bruce Pritchard talk about, like, the reality of what happened behind the scenes and stuff. Press conference, not over with by any means, but I honestly don't have too much more else to get into for the pay-per-view point. It sounds like, you know, for a crazy night where Randy Orton comes back and that they do this and they do that and R-Truth is back and CM Punk is back and, you know, two War Games matches, but it's really like it it doesn't change too much. It's just, you know, R-Truth is there, which is really good. Uh, Randy Orton's back, so he's got to be factored into WrestleMania now. And Sam Punk's there. The biggest news of the whole thing. All of this is stuff we're going to have to be tracking over the course of the next few months. We won't really have as much of an indicator as we really, really need until around the time of the Royal Rumble, I think. But Punk's going to come out on Raw, cut a promo. People are going to be tuning in for that. That's going to be high rating, I'm assuming. We're going to get some little wrinkles in this story. We're going to get some moments of like you know they're kind of mad at priest probably for losing the match and being like the team leader bailey in the same sort of position ej versus punk with gallows and anderson joining punk that's what peter's tossing out there daniel says i think punk will be on raw and he'll be the first person to come out uh, the first person to come out will be rollins says that he hates punk in real life um yeah it's really interesting so we will track that over time. We'll talk about that quite a bit over the course of the next few months and so. Try to get into which matches are you most interested in seeing Punk have over what, however long of a run he's going to have. How do you think this deal ended up working out? There's lots to break down. At least as far as Survivor Series War Games, it's all that I got in mind. And the next time you're going to be hearing from us is going to be our pre-recorded DC versus Marvel not the War Games one, that one's going to be on the Patreon, but first things first, it's going to be the Smart Out Moment, night one of that. Night two is going to be over on fanboysanonymous.com. If you don't know what Fanboys Anonymous is, go on over to fanboysanonymous.com, or if you type fanboysanon.com, it still works, though. Facebook and Twitter, follow the YouTube account, subscribe to that, hit up the Patreon. That's a place where you can find all the different movie reviews and different things in like the comic book spectrum and Things like the Blueprint Project that I have over there for all sorts of different things. 
like the absolute power rangers they might morph an epic still want to get some more stuff out about that pretty soon the batman a nighttime story 100 records from the wayne foundation archives and you can see on your screen on the blueprint project graphic that there's you know star wars and james bond and ninja turtles and spider-man and x-men and i mean you don't see it on their screen but there's everything from ant-man and terminator to ghostbusters is on there too i've got a ghostbusters blueprint and I've got way more blueprints than I need. <laughs> That's stuff that you should all be taking advantage of, clicking around and checking out if you're interested in it. Also, stay tuned for updates on the Fantasy League. I won again tonight. I had uh, guessed correctly all of the matches, and there was a one match difference when it came to uh, Rob had gone for the Judgment Day team, and Callum had gone for damage control. So I win again. I don't know what I win. I don't remember what Callum's rules were, but I know at the very least I get to trade some people and mess around with some teams and stuff. So guess who's going to pick up CM Punk (laughs) first? I think it's going to be moi. Uh, CM Punk is going to be my obvious pick. Uh, for all sorts of different reasons. In fact, I should probably go ahead and uh, message them right now. So uh, I'm assuming I get to make the first pick to my team. If that's the case, go ahead and put CM Punk there. Ha ha ha. I should put moi ha 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 ha. Full villain mode. Yeah, the... uh, game plan is to have that whole thing settled pretty soon and robin callum might end up doing another round of the hot tags on their own without me on this like you know these next couple days or so they'll address that if that is the case i'm sure they'll get into that one way or another we'll talk about it on the mega maniacs facebook group or tweet out something or i don't know we'll talk about it down the line whatever fashion it is so stay tuned for the fantasy league stuff but if you go on over to WWE fantasy league.com. Then you can see all the updates that are out on there. And of course, keep checking out smartcatmoment.com. Keep checking out the YouTube channel, the Amazon music page, whatever it is you're listening to us, follow us on Spotify, check us out on iTunes, whatever it might be. That's it for now. Before you know it, it's going to be deadline and we're going to get into that when we do. But thank you for tuning in for this. Thank you for leaving your thoughts in the live chat. If you're listening elsewhere, listen uh, to what I've said at the beginning of this. And I always say, I want to know what you have to say. Drop your comments below and make sure that you're subscribed all around. Make sure you also go to amangotree.com and check out everything that's happening on all those different links. Follow my letterbox and stuff to see how many of these uh, awful Van Damme type movies that I've been watching this year. It's been great. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll do something at the end of the year for like breaking them down or something. You'll find that on Fanboys if I do. But if you follow me at Tony Mango all over the place, I'd greatly appreciate the support, just as I appreciate you listening to this. And uh, <laughs> Tony Khan must be fearing for his life right now. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the case. Maybe he's uh, shivering in his boots. All right, everybody. I'm going to check out. I uh, thank you again, and I will talk to you next time. Adios for now, though. This has been another Smart Out moment, and I am being counted out.